must see destroyed, safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan, oh, buddy. <laughs> Hello there. General Kenobi. Kenobi! That's why I'm here. Because of Obi-Wan. Kenobi is all that matters now. Is that understood? Welcome to the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to... The Chase Ascendancy it's episode 85, and you keep making that stupid joke. Okay, uh, we are, tonight we are rallying. Um, it's been a really wild couple of weeks for Samuel and I both, but we're here, we are ready, and we are going to record our um, review of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you're in luck, because if you wanted a long podcast, this one's it. <laughs> Um, we're going to review parts one, two, and three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So if you've been around for a while, we've been doing reviews for um, The Mandalorian, especially season two. We've been doing reviews for The Book of Boba Fett. And uh, so we're going to jump right into this review for... And the last episode, or the last season of uh, The Clone Wars. Yes, and The Bad Batch. So um, we and have I a specific our, style. Our first ever review was... Uh... Rise of Skywalker. That's how we got started. Yes. Since then, we have templates <laughs> that keep us on track. Um, there's a zillion things of news. We'll probably do a whole episode uh, news breakdown coming out of Star Wars Celebration. But there's a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of book announcements, a lot of show announcements, a lot of different things going on. So we're going to skip all that tonight and just go right at Obi-Wan Kenobi because that's what everyone's talking about. And then maybe later on, if I want to do like a 10 or 15 minute just solo run of all this news that's come out since Celebration with all that kind of extra stuff, we can do that. Um, I'm sure I'll miss something, but it's okay. Uh, so the typical way that we do this, if you're new to the show, uh, I know we have an influx of YouTube uh, watchers. And so if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for mm. Maybe you came on because we've been putting out a lot of shorts recently. Um, I am Robert Downey Jr. And uh, <laughs> I'm your host. And so we have a format. So our format goes overall thoughts. We rate the episode 1 to 10. We give a standout moment. And then we talk about any new characters or characters that maybe aren't new but new to the show. Mm. You know, something, you know, a.k.a. Darth Vader, things like that. And then mm. typically we have a fifth category, which is what's next. And so we're going to skip number five for episodes one and two because we're already at three. And then on the fifth episode, we'll get into what we think is going to happen the second half of the season. So you ready to jump into this? Let's do it. Let's do it. OK, so uh, part one, there's no names. There's no um, the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett both have names. But Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't need one. He just jumps in and it comes in hot. Uh, it's uh, it's just mm -mm -mm. like our dad pulling a fresh 
something out of the oven. Um, like it'll burn you. Chili or something. I don't know. It will it burn hot, you though. if you are not careful. No words came out of his mouth from the walk from the microwave I know. to the counter. I know. <laughs> uh, dude, you know what? You know what was really funny is uh, Josh Contreras pulled me aside the other day and he was like, hey, I have a funny story about your dad. And I said, oh, no, what happened? And he said, I was at the mall the, the, mall the other day and uh, I'm driving in the parking lot next to uh, the movies in front of where Dick Sporting Goods is. And he says, I see this short old guy sprinting out of the store with a bag of shoes in his hand. <laughs> and he goes, I didn't know it was your dad. And then I got closer and said, oh, look at that. That's Will- that's Lee Greer. And then um, he said that as he's looking for a place to park, this guy just flies out going backwards and almost T-bones him. And Josh goes, so I laid in the horn because I didn't know who it was. And I look and your dad's looking out the driver's side window like this. <laughs> like he was scared like of course dad doesn't look when he backs up of anything oh, so i was, <laughs> I was talking about, about so say, dad doesn't know that i know that story a, in a parking lot i thought you were gonna say he like crashed into a pole or something no no so he doesn't well, know, I know this story, guy right? yanking the bumper off of his fj cruiser <laughs> so dad calls me today and he's just like you know shooting the breeze catching up and he goes uh he goes yeah yeah getting the car back out of the shop tomorrow and I said, oh, what happened? He goes, nothing. I just feel like I cannot see in that thing. So I got a, a rear view camera installed. <laughs> it only took freaking 15 years. He's literally had that car since we were in high school. And he's just now That's putting funny. a backup camera on that thing, which is like the lowest visibility vehicle on the face of the earth outside of a tank. Um, so I think a tank's got it beat, honestly. Um, man, that was a roundabout way of saying, uh, let's start the episode. So... Um, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi part one starts off hot with order 66. What were your thoughts on that? When we first like were, I thought that they did a good job of, you don't know really what's going on because Mm -hmm. it's just a skyline and then it backs Mm -hmm. up and you can start to see like the soft, like landscape and the marble and you kind of immediately know, um, then you see the little helmets of the younglings and you know that we're right in the middle of the Jedi temple, but we don't know when in the Jedi Mm -hmm. temple. I had an inkling of when, well, I did too, but I was like, okay, cool. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. We knew there were going to be flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, so what if this is a flashback to his childhood, his upbringing, his Padawan ship? And, uh, but it wasn't. The 501st comes storming in, guns a-blazing. So anyway, I start shooting. So anyway, I started blasting. And <laughs> um, the 501st storms in, um, immediately starts trying to take out these kids. And, I was uh, a little hopeful that we would get to see early Darth Vader in action there, but uh, yeah, I was hopeful for, I was hopeful for Hayden Christensen as young Vader. And I was also hopeful that maybe we'd get a POV from the Jedi who are like, (gasps) like looking both ways. And it will be cool to see. uh, I wanted to see just a split second of Grogu. I'm not just a little bit. I would have, I would have loved to see young Vader, like just mowing down some other Jedi. Oh, hundred percent. It would have been cool to see him take down that stupid double-bladed Jedi from uh, Battlefront 2. <laughs> from Battlefront 2, 2005, that SOB that, that jumps down from the rafters while you're about to go through the door. Me, a, a poor, unsuspecting clone just trying to destroy some archives. Don't mind me any. Destroy the archives. Uh, Whoa, Jedi Master. Or I think we were protecting you know, the archives. You've been killed by the that Jedi Master. The yeah, you're protecting them because yeah. you want their knowledge. Um, so... Mm-hmm. 
uh, I was hoping for that. I was hoping for a little peeky peek at Grogu, not uh, two episodes worth where he takes over the whole thing, um, but just a little peek, You're just a little, bitter. just a little smidge. Um, no, I'm very bitter. Uh, but the uh, the Jedi Knight or Master or Trainer, whoever that is uh, protecting the younglings, does a fantastic job, and it just kind of shows you how overwhelming the March on the Jedi Temple yeah. must have Better been. Better than Mundi, worse than that one Jedi Padawan who fights those clones in front of Bail Organa. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jet. Yeah. Or I think his name's Zet, but his real name's Jet. That's George Lucas's son. Yeah, um, I knew that much. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, they survive, you know, a good ways, but then the master is killed. And uh, after that, you hear one of the Padawans say, so what do we do? And they say, run, and they take off. And um, so that's when the show really starts. And then you fade to black. And then 10 years later, you open up and you're on Tatooine. And you have Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, right off the bat, he's at work uh, cutting some sushimi out of a giant sand ray slash whale. Was that wild to you or what? Yeah, I was trying to figure out what it was. Also, I was like, is not that meat like rotten at this point? Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, I was wondering those same things. I was wondering, is this uh, when I first saw it? All I could see was like the shape, which had like the ridges. Mm. And I was like, oh, sick. It's a giant crate, like a like a back or a skeleton or something, you know, yeah. um, almost like because the crates now have like a snakiness to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. Kind of like when you see a snake skeleton, it's just these giant vertebrae. So I thought mm-hmm. that's what it was. But then when we come around, I realized they're cutting fresh uh, meat off of this sea creature. And uh, I really want to know, like. In the Mandalorian, they talked about how the crate dragon has some kind of acid that it it puts out, and that's how it almost like moves through the sand, or at least that's my understanding of it. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, sand is like running in sand just on top of the sand is immensely difficult, and so I was, yeah. I'm wondering how these creatures are supposed to freaking move through the sand uh, like that. I would say something probably akin to Bugs Bunny. Um, oh, okay. That's good. The earth. Yeah. Well, that giant manta ray should have taken a left toy in Albuquerque because it yeah, ended up, seems he... uh, it ended up dead. And so then you have Obi-Wan and his crew. Soul. Um, say again, poor misguided soul. You wonder how long it's been there. Cause you see a whole structure built into its carapace and then people like walking hmm. out of it at whistle time. What you if know. you uh what if you got up close to it and they tried to reach inside to get it and a leopard seals there just like that one dog movie where they're trying to eat the, <laughs> the dead whale. What freaking movie is that? 8 below? Uh, I don't even remember. All I could think about was that scene from Surf's Up where he's talking about how his dad died when he was young and it's like him with like a board or like a meal or something and then they like pan out in the picture and there's an orca like crashing on the shore oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about that oh it's freaking hilarious i live for that movie surf's up is a classic can we get a surf's up too is that disney uh i think that's pixar or uh dreamworks, DreamWorks? yeah can we get a surf's up too please dreamworks um so we're uh we're with obi-wan he's he's living his 
meaningless life. He's, you know, very defeated. And uh, from there, we um, we have this moment where he goes into town and uh, you see at some point you see the Inquisitors arrive on Tatooine and the Grand Inquisitor, the third sister, which is Reva and the fifth brother are looking for a Jedi. And we don't know if it's Obi-Wan or someone else, but they're looking for a Jedi. They go to this bar and uh, I've got to say, after all the griping and complaining about the Grand Inquisitor's appearance from the trailer, I actually like it. I think obviously it's different than the cartoon, but um, it's also very different biggest... from any Powans we've seen previous to now in live action. Yeah, but the the main gr- the main gripe was his head was too big, and uh, but then the secondary gripe was how lazy of them they couldn't even put his dark side eyes on him like he has in Rebels. And, uh, but similar to the short that we put out recently about Count Dooku and his Sith eyes, um, mm-hmm. it seems like the Grand Inquisitor, as he dips into anger or frustration or those darker emotions, um, they flare. And uh, mm-hmm. very similar to what we talked about with Dooku in that short, where when he's really like diving into the dark side when he's training Savage, there's that moment where you see his eyes glow in the Clone Wars. So as. The Inquisitor is describing the Jedi or as he's getting, you know, when you first see him, it's pretty quick right off the bat that you realize he's irritated with Reva. And Mm -hmm. uh, and so whenever those moments are happening, his eyes do glow. And I actually prefer that because he's not Darth Maul. He's not Darth Sidious. He's not any of those characters who are just, you know, diving all the way into the dark side all the time. I will say um, I think his head's smaller. Like, it's just not as tall. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think that his head's just bigger. bulbous. Yeah. Which... It's more like a light bulb, but she look more like a, like a cucumber. Yeah. I think that... Um, I really do wonder if they offered it to Jason Isaacs. You know what I mean? I don't know. But um, anyways, you have, that, you have that moment, and uh, Reva's very extreme right off the bat. And uh, mm-hmm. she's just going to kill this Jedi, right off, you know, right off the top when obviously yeah. the Grand Inquisitor, like his job is to, you know, Inquisit. ask questions. <laughs> yeah, his job is to inquisitize and uh, see if he can't turn the Jedi, see if he, the Jedi has any secrets of any other people. And you find mm-hmm. out that she thinks that these Jedi that they're hunting at this point, 10 years into the game, are just scraps. And the Inquisitor says, well, scraps are all we have left. And, I, you know, part of you realizes maybe leaving him alive will lead you to a bigger fish somewhere. And Mm -hmm. um, so the Jedi gets away and uh, one way or another, they're looking for this Jedi and um, Obi-Wan after he spent time checking on Luke, checking on the hut. He, uh, you see him buy the T-16 toy um, from a Jawa, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. I enjoyed the bartering over uh, action figures that really uh, hit home for me. And uh, so that was that was really cool. Freaking Jawa was a scalper, man. We hate him to death. Yeah. And I love that when he said, uh, Tika, if you're going to steal from me, at least clean the pots. And Tika says cleaning is extra. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. That's the first glimpse we get of the Kenobi before, because we were looking at him as, you know, the the butcher or whatever. And. There's the bully who's the foreman and Kenobi right. would never, ever have put up with that. You know what I mean? He would have stood up for 
any amount of equality or equity or whatever you want to call it. And he just let it happen. He just stood down. That's like, I think that's the first glimpse we get of how broken he is. And then in like yeah. the comfort of his own home, he's a little bit sassy again. You he's know, a little bit snarkier. To, yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind and of it's, funny. It's funny because, yeah, he's like, if you're going to steal from me and give me the parts, just clean them at least. <laughs> and uh, Tika says cleaning is extra. So um, you have those cool moments. And then um, he gets the, the toy and then he delivers it that night um, to the Lars homestead. After he cleans it up and fixes it. Yep, he cleans it up, fixes it, and then gives it to, obviously, Luke is about 9 or 10 at this point. And uh, and so then, on his way back home, uh, he's found by this other mm-hmm. Jedi. And I think this is one of the, the, this is one of the saddest moments of Episode 1, which is, Definitely. this Jedi is running for his life. There's three Inquisitors on his tail, one of which is the Grand Inquisitor, another of which is Reva, who desires to have authority and power and the third is as we know now the fifth brother who thinks that he's the second best inquisitor behind the grand inquisitor so three of like the most like hungriest most Mm -hmm. excitable hunters are the ones on his tail and you come face to face with obi-wan kenobi who killed darth maul before he was raised from the dead in the clone wars but defeated as far as this guy knows is the only remaining member of the Jedi council before order 66. He doesn't know about Yoda, I assume. Right. So it's Mace like is gone. Up to this person who killed Grievous, like the Jedi, you know what I mean? He was, he was yeah. the man. It's interesting. Whenever, whenever a character, like if I saw one it... in that spot, I'd be like, Oh, okay. I'm saved now. You know what okay, I mean? Whoop. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a character that is defensive in nature, but ridiculously good offensively. Like Mm -hmm. he's the negotiator who can kill Sith Lords. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like Anakin is extremely powerful, but he's not a negotiator. He doesn't know how to play defense. And Obi-Wan is naturally defensive, but his offense is equally deadly. Yeah. And I was jumping ahead a little bit. You see him like doing a little hand to hand combat in the second episode. And so I was watching with my wife and when he was fighting in that hallway in particular, I was like, did you notice how, He's not playing offensively at all. He's waiting for them to strike. He's using their momentum against them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's very defensively minded. You know, he's not typically the attack kind of guy. Right. And so it's cool to see that kind of like take the four in his personality when he's starting to step back into the kind of uh, not a desert hermit kind of character. Right. How, um, you know, that meme where there's a guy sitting on the couch with his girlfriend and Aragorn in the two towers kicks the, the orc's (laughs) head. And it's like, and then it's like, you don't have to say anything. It's just a casual watch. You don't have to say anything. And then he possibly goes, did you know, uh, obviously about Aragorn breaking his toe there. Um, so you're newly married. You've been married for how many months now? Two or three months? Two. Yeah. So, uh, married for two months and your your bride is um, new to Star Wars, and Obi Wan's the perfect door to show her into this wonderful universe. Mm. How much of a strain mm-hmm. has it been on your mental capa- uh, capacity not to explain every single detail that you see on screen? So the good news is, she wants to understand. So she's like asking questions, and I'm like, I'm glad you asked. And I answer the ah, question okay. with a very elongated, you know, explanation of what's going right. on here. Which inevitably raises more questions. So, 
That's funny. She's like, she's like, I'm sorry if I'm asking any like too many questions. I was like, ask them all. I'll answer every single one. You can just ask as many as you want. It's funny, like whenever uh, he's sad and he's calling out to Qui Gon and he doesn't hear mm-hmm. him, and you're like, you pause it and you're like, this is so sad because really it's been ten years, ten yeah. years he's been waiting to hear. Well, and I told um, her I was like, they're really that building is sad, on this, dude. so it's going to be a big reveal when they show him. You know, just like yeah, like definitely. this is this is important. Notice this. Well, it's so sad because. In my mind, whenever, um, especially after Clone Wars, seeing Qui-Gon reaching out, he's the one reaching out to Yoda. Yoda mm-hmm. doesn't go looking for Qui-Gon. Obviously, he doesn't know to, but mm-hmm. um, he doesn't, you know, Qui-Gon contacts him and he's saying, Master Yoda, you know, it takes him to mm-hmm. Dagobah and all these other things. So to have a moment where Obi-Wan for a decade has been having these nightmares. And if they're that terrible and filled with post-traumatic stress 10 years later, just imagine what it was like mm-hmm. the first three or four or five years, like yeah. the clarity of the nightmare, the weight that he feels when he wakes up and the world's in a crappy place and he feels a hundred percent responsible mm-hmm. and he wakes up and he doesn't have a bed. He just has one of those little uh, camping on the ground foam mattresses that you get at Academy. And he sits up and he's calling out to his master and there's nothing. And it makes you mm-hmm. realize, especially for the deeper fan, you're like, frick, there's not been anything for 10 years. This sucks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so it really does a great explanation. And so Obi-Wan, who's the champion of causes, mm-hmm. is sought out by a, a Jedi who seems to be on the younger side of things, was probably, you probably know, who knows, who knows if he was even a Padawan yet. You know what I mean? Like Obi-Wan was around 13 when he became a Padawan. So this guy could have been younger than that. If this guy was in his early 20s, he could -hmm. have not even been a Padawan yet or barely been a Padawan. Um, And my guess is he's probably off planet. I don't think he would have survived as a youngling. Right. So he barely survives. He's not at the temple. He has no leadership. He has no nothing. He somehow made it through. He survived 10 years, which is more than can be said for almost anyone else. Yeah. And then he finds Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is the oasis in the desert. And then Literally. he goes in for the, the, the drink of water. And it was just a mirage. <laughs> That's sad, man. It was hard to watch that. It reminded He's just me of hugging like, a cactus, like freaking tiger or freaking a fifle. Rank him. Rank him. All right. Um, I would say fifle goes West. And then after fifle goes West, I'll actually take, the Secret of Manhattan Island, second. Really, second. Yeah, above. I really the enjoy that one. American Tale. I really enjoy that one. I love the. Is it because of Scuttlebutt? Scuttlebutt's a fan fave, um, and then Friends of the Working Mouse is one of my favorite the villains of all in that time. Film were substantial. Yeah, man, that's when I knew I was, I needed to stop trusting the man. Was really young when I watched uh, <laughs> Treasure of Manhattan Island. So now, whenever they're like all the politicians on either side of the aisle are just total trash. I'm like, I've been knowing this since friends of the working mouse. Um, and then I would say the original American tale. And then fourth, I would say mystery of the night monster. Of course, mystery of the night monster has to come forth. It has to. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just the least of the apostles. Yeah. I'll say two, two, one, three, four. Hmm. Agreeable. Agreeable. Um, so just like Fife in the desert, hugging a cactus, this poor Jedi finds, finds what, that's what sucks is that he's not just looking for Obi-Wan and then dies. He arrives at his destination 
And just like Candid Camera, whenever the people get off and they're like, yeah, you're in Miami. And he's like, I just left Miami six hours ago. And then freaking Obi-Wan tries to pull the Thor on uh, that one planet where he's like, no, it's not me. You know, if I do like this, I mean, it's it's quite all right. You're you're thinking of someone else. You know, it's like not even the. he's like, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm Obi Wan would. What if he like puts his hair in his face? He's like Obi Wan wouldn't do his hair like this. <laughs> because tonight will be the night, dude. I don't even so, know how to spell Obi Wan. <laughs> Who's Obi Wan? Not Obi Wan Kenobi. I hope. I don't. This even... is who I've been my whole life. My name's Ben Kenobi. <laughs> no relation. Um. So mistake. <laughs> so he uh he sends this guy off and he's like you want my advice go in the middle of the desert bury your lightsaber and figure out something out to do and which I was, was like, not yeah. very subtle foreshadowing by the way right he's like you want some advice do exactly what i did right so fast forwarding ahead you meet leia she's a gym she's she's absolutely leia Dude, she is so adorable and she plays it so well she's perfect like, for the role um perfect and because she's perfect for the role then she's obviously extremely mischievous just like leia and it costs her because um flea from the red hot chili peppers is a bounty hunter and uh abducts her and we find out uh you know i'm trying to skip ahead a little bit so we can get to the actual review not just a synopsis uh but basically um she's been abducted on orders of reva because she knows that re uh that um Bail Organa has a connection to Obi-Wan Kenobi and she's trying to flush him out and uh, she knows Bail will contact Obi-Wan. And uh, so to clarify that, I did get a couple of texts and calls and questions. Whenever Reva says that Obi-Wan served with her father talking about Leia in the Clone Wars, she's not talking about Anakin. She does not know that Leia is Anakin's daughter. She's talking about Bail Organa because um, similar to in a new hope when Leia's sending the distress signal, she said, you fought for my, cl- for my father, or you served my father during the clone wars. Um, it's the same thing. So Reva is making the connection between Bale and Obi-Wan, not Here's... Anakin and Leia. I have two thoughts to challenge that one Bale didn't fight in the war. And Correct. she said fought alongside the father in the war. The second mm-hmm. thing is when she's talking to Obi-Wan, she says, Anakin Skywalker is alive which is the biggest secret in the empire. Like Darth Vader Mm -hmm. straight up killed folks for knowing that he was Anakin Skywalker. Right. So if she's saying that no one else knew that Padme was pregnant. Yeah, but she knows who Anakin is. So there's no telling what she actually knows. Correct. She already has the forbidden fruit, man. So it wouldn't surprise me if she also knew, I don't, I wouldn't say that Bale fought in the war. So I wouldn't say that somebody fought alongside Bale in the war. Um, is my thought process on it. I agree, except for no one outside of the Organa family knows that Leia's adopted. Everybody knows. I, well, because she, the cousin later, the cousin later in that episode says they don't let you leave this planet. Otherwise everyone would know you're not a real Organa. Well, he doesn't, he just says they don't want you they don't want anybody to know about you in general. Like yeah. they wanted her to be the secret, but he was like, you're not even real Organa. Those were two like 
disconnected thoughts. But whenever Bale is talking about Obi-Wan has to be the one to to go get her, mm-hmm. whenever he's like, why don't you just ask the Senate? Why don't you just ask the army? Why don't you ask whoever? He says it has to be you because if anybody else gets too close, they'll they'll dig into it. I think that she really they're really presenting Leia as no, Bale th- and Bria's daughter. What he daughter. says is you're the only one who knows how important she is. It's it is that, but it's also he doesn't want any prying eyes. He mentions. I mean, that I get. To, yeah, I, I would agree with that aspect of it, but I think I think that she might actually know who it is. Because I I wouldn't say that if she didn't already know that Darth Vader's Anakin. That's already something she shouldn't know. So if she knows that much about him, she could probably right, but dig I, into. I think that we don't know for sure, but um, I think okay, this is like way at the end of the second episode. Sort of moving around a lot, but I think that there's a reason she knows that Anakin is Vader. I don't. She. I don't think she has any clue that Padme had kids, because everybody thought Padme died. Even the people that knew her thought that Padme died in childbirth. There's not a singular person outside of Yoda, Obi Wan, Bale, his wife, and the Lars family knows that these kids are Padme's kids. I think that's time. Nobody outside of Obi-Wan and Yoda and Palpatine know that Anakin's Darth Vader. But the the reason that Reva knows that is, bec- in, in my opinion, I think that they show Order 66 and they show those kids because Reva's one of those Padawans. And I think somewhere along the way, instead of being killed, she's abducted. Mm. And that's how she knows who Anakin is because he's at the temple and the clones already revert to him as Lord Vader before the suit. I don't know if that's entirely true because of how Grand Inquisitor talks to Reva. He says that you're trash and you're found in the streets, which means she wasn't one of the Jedi that was converted. So you think she's one of the, the, the young people that have just been abducted? Yeah, I think she was just found. I think that's why she's so hungry, and I think that's why she's like kind of an outcast amongst the Inquisitors. Here's my thing. I... If they can explain to me why Reva knows about Anakin because she's a Jedi or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe she just mm-hmm. stole her way into just, some information. I think she just did research really well, but she also seems to intuit things very strongly. You know, she pulls information from the mind of uh, Hadja, which is something that we've only ever really seen Kylo Ren do. That's kind of an advanced thing where we see her, you know, readily reading Obi-Wan's emotions. So I think she's just got a very high degree of intuition and is able to figure things out that most people wouldn't. But whose mind could she read to know who Anakin is that isn't powerful enough to feel her probing their mind? Well, and I just, I'm not saying that I can't substantiate that. I just see that based in her character. So I'm saying Mm -hmm. that she probably has, you know, she's an ace news hound. You know what I mean? She's got her ear to the ground. She's figuring things out. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't even share that information with the other inquisitors. She's just saying that Leia had a link to, Kenobi and that's all she says right she plays her cards very close to her vest I don't know I'm gonna have to disagree I don't think she knows who Leia is it's too it's too dangerous of a card to play even for her it's too dangerous for her to say that she knows Darth Vader's Anakin if Vader found out about that she's dead she's done so yeah well that's what's gonna happen for sure she's gonna yeah for sure either either the Grand Inquisitor is gonna kill her or Vader threatens yeah. to kill him on a daily basis. He doesn't care about them at all. Yeah. I just feel like knowing 
I don't know, dude. I just, I don't know how she would know that because Vader himself doesn't even know Leia exists until Return of the Jedi. Right. But there's, so there's no, there would be know, no you know record what I mean? whatsoever. I think, I mean, you could think about it. She'd be able to try the, fr the flight logs for Padme on Mustafar. There's that kind of connection. Then on. Yeah, but all, uh, I think Obi Wan and, and Balan would have wiped all that. I mean, they could have tried, but she clearly knows something that people are trying to hide. If she can figure out something that the Emperor tried to hide, I think she could figure out something that Obi-Wan and Yoda tried to hide. Yeah, maybe. That's really interesting. But long story short... I think short, there's just too big a question mark, in my opinion. Yeah. Hmm. I, think they're, I think they're playing off of the line that Leia says about Bale. I think that she's talking Which about one? Bale. Maybe about years ago, years ago. I just think it's weird for her to say that Bale fought in the war. You know what I mean? I think that's a weird, that'd yeah. be a stretch. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I, I hear, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Okay, so Either let's way, break. She knows too let's, much. Yeah, she knows way too much, especially for her own safety. You know what? Um, so I let's... think is interesting hmm. um, that they brought in the character of Riva because I feel like they already had a very strong candidate for this character in Second Sister. Second Sister would have been dead by now. Uh, she doesn't die in Fallen Order. Vader Does she? kills her. Yeah. Oh my god. How long has it been since I played that last mission? Does he kill her? Yeah. Wow. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Hmm. Remember she's... The more um, you know. She, she takes her mask off and then Vader comes up behind her and she, she says uh, avenge us or something like that and then he strikes her down and then Cal defends himself just enough to escape. It's like one of the very well, last. It sounds things. like Vader. Um, all I remember from that mission is running for my life desperately when I saw Vader in the castle because I knew that my character wasn't nearly strong enough to. Oh yeah. Combat something like that. Yeah, it's in that last short that I made too about why I think Reva knows. Is there's a little mm. clip of that? But um. Okay, so let's break this down and then move on to part two. But overall thoughts. Um, we've kind of talked a lot about that. Did you think it was a good opener? Did you think that, did you want more it, from it? I, I know that the good thing opener. is two episodes came out back to back. So even if you yeah. didn't like everything in there, there was more to go. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was very different than I expected in that. I always expected Luke's always been Kenobi's connection to the force when Kenobi is stranded. You know, he's been right. Kenobi's driving purpose. And so I always thought it would involve him a lot more. So when Leia ends up being the driving force, especially because we see in, uh, I think it's episode five, where Yoda and Obi-Wan are talking, and basically Yoda's like, hey, you put too much faith in this kid. You know, basically saying right. that he thinks Leia would be the more suitable candidate. And it just seems that Obi-Wan has this closeness with Luke that he never ever had with Leia. So I wouldn't have expected this connection really to evolve the way it has so far. Yeah. And I never expected Obi-Wan to be so far removed from the force to where, you know, a little bit into episode two, he had to strain so hard just to catch Leia. Like mm -hmm. I never would have expected that. So it's very different to see him in the setting that we've seen him in, you know, yeah. this far into the show. I just... I never it's would not, have thought that he would just, ever even leave Tatooine. 
So yeah. I thought that bringing Leia in is the perfect catalyst because even if they were like, Bill Organa's going to die, he'd be like, oh, sucks to suck. Like yeah. he he wouldn't, you know, Man, Leia's the only that's, thing. It's rough, huh? Yeah. Um, I thought that was real interesting. I thought that uh, um, the power struggle between the Inquisitors is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like and, seeing that aspect of Star Wars because as far as like just the movies and the shows excluding like maybe Rebels and, and the Clone Wars, you don't get to see that power struggle in mm-hmm. the dark side, you know, combatants as much as you would in like maybe old Republic books where it's like, you know, just second nature for them to be backstabbing. Yeah, Malgus and, and Adras and all those guys. Against each other. Yeah. And so I think it's cool to see that kind of dynamic. And I think I, it I really want to see a lot more fully on yeah. the nature of the dark side. I really want to see the Grand Inquisitor versus Reva. I really want to see it. I think the yeah. Grand Inquisitor just chews Robin Spitzer out, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, he's dead now, though. Negative. Right? Because they're talking about taking a seat. No. You don't think he's dead? Mm-mm. Hmm. Hmm. Because Rebels is five years before A New Hope. This is 10 years I, before it. No okay, hope. I couldn't figure out the timeline on that because I thought Rebels was after and a new Grand Inquisitor was in Rebels. So mm, they're sneaky this snake. is... Uh, so Fallen Order is... Before pretty, this. Pretty quick after it's 66. Five, five years. Five years And after. then there's that five-year gap. So you have the initial Order 66 where Cal's master dies. Five years later is the main storyline. Five years mm-hmm. after that is Kenobi. And then uh-huh. five years after Kenobi is Rebel season one, oh, because okay. Rebel season one is five years, four or five years before. Yeah, Anubo. that makes sense because Kenobi would be older. Stupid of me not to realize that. <clears throat> and also, Powans have two stomachs. Where it, I wouldn't worry about the stomach. I was just worried about the fact that he got freaking impaled with a lightsaber. Um, well, Maul got cut. Why the are whole they just freaking half? Yeah, but that's Darth Maul. That's a joke. <laughs> okay, um, hold that thought. Let's where finish. Is he at? Let's finish one and then we'll move on to two because that's yeah, where yeah, it yeah. starts getting more meaty. Um, so, uh, so for part one, just in and of itself, rate it one to ten. Nine. Really? Holy! I'm, I'm going to give them all a nine. I'm going to give them all a nine. I'm I'm okay. here for every single one of those episodes. I'm a fanboy. Um, okay, and then um, standout moment for you. Uh, I think the standout moment for me was just like seeing the pain in Kenobi when he realized how much he sacrificed by letting the other Jedi down. Cause he's so convincingly broken. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. you never see him like this almost ever. So just to see, it's very compelling for me as someone who's like a follower of Kenobi, you know what I mean? Like right. I just, yeah, this is your I favorite stand character. Him, so, um, yeah, I think that was the most moving moment for me just to see that whole kind of it's almost like the B-roll dynamic, but it's really, really expressing how far he's come from the Kenobi that we knew in episode three or the Kenobi that we come to know in A New Hope and Rebels. Um, yeah, there's a I don't know if it's they essentially low key confirmed a second season for Kenobi. So there may be some still some transformation to go. But when did they do that? Um, I saw a little rumor report earlier today from a, a source that said that they mentioned something in a meeting about they they changed the ending of the final episode of this 
episode of this year or this season's um finale so that it could make room for a second season because when this show was conceived it was a one-off like right this is it but it's the same thing for book of boba fett it's a limited series this one's a limited series but they just decided to go back and and do some more i'm not gonna so it's the same thing where you know, they could do, okay, Book of Boba is going to go do this other thing after he's already taken over Tatooine. No big deal. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. They could go. Yeah. They can just add to it. And so I've heard they've, they're they adding to Kenobi, and they've actually alternated things that's going to be at the end of this season's finale so that the the door for the second season makes more sense. It doesn't feel as final. Okay. I'm here for it. Frick. Do it. So, um, okay. So new characters, you have a lot. You have a lot of new characters in this show in this part. Um, yep. Everyone well, in, the, what's in the, this show what's is a new Jedi's character name? at this point. What's Youngblood's name? The dies. Does he I have? Remember. Yeah. Is he given a name? He, he has. He has a name of some sort, but I don't remember. He introduces himself, right? Um, I can't remember it. So we got that guy. Reva's a new character. Yeah. I think as far as characters that are important to the story, those are the only characters that are new. Right. Um, I think that the unsung hero of episode one to me, for me, is um, is Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars. I think his Owen is yeah. convincing. I think he's picked up on Owen's um, the character that mannerisms. we get from A New Hope. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like whenever he's like, "Well, such and such and such," and he does like a face like that, and it looks huh. just like old boy that did it back in the seventies. Yeah, I think um, it's so that was really convincing. He's just like Dude, angry enough to be a younger version, you know, without like the yeah, he's quiet not, he's bitterness not as that's callous. the old man. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting to me is I can tell that I'm really into it because characters I know have to make it to a new hope. I'm like, <gasps> yeah. like whenever Reva was pressing uh, Owen, I was like, what the frick is he gonna do? Even though I know Obi Wan and Owen are both gonna survive right, for right, another right. ten years, that's, I was like, that was me. I mean, again, skipping ahead, but episode three, when Kenobi is like around people, like he's with the the stormtroopers, and then when Vader shows up, yeah, Adam, like my heart was thumping. I was legitimately nervous. I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna be shot!" I know if Vader I know. shows up in the flesh. <laughs> so you're giving it a nine. I'll give it like a seven and a half. It's not. It's not perfect. There's things that I would have changed, but I really liked it. And the elusive tin is... still remains out there. But sure, I enjoyed sure. it quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, I I think Reva's character is annoying, and I can't tell if it's because I the character is supposed to be annoying or if I want the the portrayal to be different. But I will say, three episodes in, the character's building up enough that I'm appreciating how Moses Ingram is portraying the character in episode one more. The more mm-hmm. the more you see, the more you're like, okay, cool. I'm 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 growing with this character. Um, so I, part I two, withhold judgment at this point just because I want to see what direction they take it. Um, yeah, yeah. So definitely. I'm just very very interested to see the development of it um, and what role she plays because the way that uh, you and McGregor talked about her, it seems that she's very important to the story overall. Um, right. And it, I mean, that's already apparent, but I'm just very curious in how that plays into the conclusion that we're going to get here in a couple episodes. Yeah. 
So part two, uh, at the end of part one, he decides, okay, you're right. Leia is just as important. Um, mm-hmm. Bale really, really puts the squeeze on because he says it's not about the boy and you know it. It's about mm-hmm. you. We mm-hmm. all failed. A it's classic Bale Organa speech that cuts straight to the core. Dude, he came for yeah. it in the flesh, too. He wasn't going to settle for a no he showed hologram. Up. Yeah. He came all the yeah. way. Were you nervous really when you impressed. saw that little red light on the the little astromech yeah. shaft? I was yeah, like, I was oh my like, God, who is it? Who, you know? Who's in there? Yeah. I thought I didn't expect be... Bale at all. No, so they really either. got me. They got me. Um, I thought either another Jedi, like a more important Jedi, or a bad guy. But Bale was definitely not on my list. Um Part two, we it starts off pretty quick. We're on Dayu, which is kind mm-hmm. of the they said it's kind of like the Tokyo of the Star Wars world, mm-hmm. um, and just like a lot of those places in life, like a Las Vegas or Los Angeles or New York, some of those places that have the flashing lights, but it's like you're either on top of the game here or it's a world full of despair. So it's being presented yeah. like this beautiful place but right off the bat obi-wan's asking this guy hey help me track this ship and the guy's like nobody's trackable here everybody's everybody loves their secrets on Dayu. and then he goes up to a young girl um you you want some drugs yes you and daughter i thought that was uh, cool because he had he had famously kept uh his kids out of the public eye So it, yeah, out of all that, I actually genuinely had no idea what his kids looked like. So I, I saw that. And, and she had like, a oh, sick no haircut. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like her haircut that girl was from, uh, from uh, Chappie. I don't know if I've ever seen Chappie. It's with uh, Hugh Jackman. It's about the robot. But the girl, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, her yeah, and yeah. The guy are some, I think they're in a, a band from South Africa, but she's got like her bangs cut up to like her actual hairline. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, yeah. I recall that now. I, I haven't seen the movie, but I know what you're talking about. Um, so you're on Dayu. Um, it's really sad because he's like, I'm looking for my daughter. She was taken here. And she said, if once someone's here, you're not going to find him. I was someone's daughter at one point too. That's like Oof. so freaking sad. Yeah. Um, which is sad because she's saying that to her dad in real yeah, life. So you're like, dad. Oh, geez. Um, hey, real quick. I've got a weird, but it was really wave. sad. Cause there's kind of a, yeah, go ahead. In case anyone fact checks me, um, surf's up was universal. It wasn't DreamWorks. Have you been thinking about that this whole time? Yeah. That's funny. Um, but it was it was really sad, like, you know, a little a, a reference to like slave labor or human trafficking yeah. or things like that. So that was really sad. When you know um, that that's um that's something that's close to Kenobi's heart as a character because of the whole slaver ring story arc in Clone Wars. Right. You know, that's something right. he's obviously very passionate about. Well, it's something he's passionate about, and it's something that his one-time best friend, Anakin Skywalker, is very passionate about. So it's yeah. like another thing. It's just more things that are re- reminding him of this. Yeah, um, and so you have this moment where he turns around. There's a young boy that says, well, if you need help, there's a Jedi. You meet mm-hmm. – uh, is it Haja? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you meet him. What did you think about him? Fake Jedi. To the city. Uh, I thought he was pretty funny. Nice little comic relief because this show has been very tense to this point. Yeah. Um, was it too? Was it too last Jedi comedy style for you, or were you in on it? Um, I was in on it, especially when he's like, "You found me. What's the bounty on me now?" They say? One million. Yeah. Two million. I like when he says, "Cause you're not gonna get it." <laughs> yeah. I I really I kind of chuckled when he goes, 
Well, what was you asking again? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to answer he, it. He goes, you're as good as they say. Dude, he's that super was, funny. That one got me pretty good. I think um, it, I was like cackling when he was like, don't be alarmed. This is a Jedi mind trick. I'm inside yeah. your mind. And Obi-Wan's like. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan's know, like, like looking at him like this son of a gun. That really got me. Dude, um, that was killing me, bro. So the uh, he's looking. He basically um, Haja tells him if you want to get to the sewer, there's only one way in, but you'll never make it in. Cut mm-hmm. to Star Wars Breaking Bad, where uh, <laughs> he pulls the whole Walter White and does an explosion in the lab. Um, nice little pickpocket action. Yeah, which slides him into the back alley area, which is exactly where they want him. So he fights his way in. Um, did you also have sympathy pain whenever he tried to do like the? Temple slapped to that freaking Zabrak and stabbed yeah. his his freaking horn. Although I was such uh I'm such an Obi Wan fanboy. I was like, oh, that's the noise he made when he kicked General Grievous's shin. You know, yeah, I'm I thought like, this. Ah! The, yeah, it got me too. I was like, oh, the Grievous kick. I thought the exact same yeah. thing. Um, so like, that was oh, cool. That's nice, nice little return um, to. Uh... So you have that moment, and uh, so they're they're answering to Riva. And they capture him for a split second. Uh, I like that just the same way that it's nice to see the broke. Not that it's nice, but it's it's interesting to see the brokenness of Obi-Wan. I love and it. I, <laughs> I love seeing uh, I love seeing the comeback side of Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is mm-hmm. like so peaceful and like not like Anakin and his spitefulness. And then whenever he throws the glitter stem down on the ground and it gets Dude. in everybody's face and he knees, and then flee, he right knees the flee in the chest. Oh my God. I told Tori, I was like, that was personal. He absolutely didn't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those moments but, where I was watching with Macy. And whenever I saw that, whenever that part happens, I was like this, like, isn't that cool? Um, yeah. But of course we know like the ins and outs of the character. So we were like, this is so against him. He's so he's pissed. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. And, uh, then they have to report to Riva, and he's mm-hmm. gone. And when I was uh, showing, uh, you got to I see Flea in his natural habitat, stoned out of his mind. I paused episode two, and I because Tori doesn't listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers, except for her mom does. So that's something her mom and I have in common. But uh, that's kind of cool. I was showing her. I was like, "So this is what I think of Flea as." And I should pull up the music video to Dark Necessities, where it's like, you know, just playing like right, right, know, right. like a freaking madman. And then you see him, he's like, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get it back, you know? Yeah, so, uh, he was, he uh, did an okay job. He wasn't terrible. I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was pretty convincing for like kind of a spice head bounty hunter sort of, you know, mercenary. I think I he was convincing like his, for what he was supposed to be. Yeah, I didn't like his oh. yellow shirt and matching yellow scarf or bandana. I, I didn't like about his, his uh, braided rat tail. It was sick. Yeah, I was a fan of that. Um, so we, the coolest part of the, of the episode is definitely the second half where all the bounties are put on, um, Obi-Wan and it's across the whole city and they use his mug shot from, uh, Revenge of the Sith, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. and then you get a freaking Velociraptor bounty hunter who's looking for him and for Lom. Didn't you, what were your thoughts you on all this? A, that was a Skeksis actually. Oh no. Burst your bubble. <laughs> They're searching for the, the essence, man. The essence. Yeah, that, so that's our first. Put, still oh, yeah. To put a Skek Tech uh, profile picture on Netflix so I can change it. But 
dude the, the um the skexist the mark hamill voices so i'm, a, I'm a, yeah i'm a fanboy the uh so that's the it's a tis char is my understanding um we the podcast put out a, a short on that uh mm-hmm. june 2nd i don't know when this episode is going to air but uh thursday night so check that out but uh they're like basically little velociraptors um that have worked with the cool, empire man. in the rebellion and stuff like that so uh really cool characters and i love that they're dipping into these weird backwater eu ideas for characters mm-hmm. and stuff um and then as uh was that him confirmed and Lair, for Lom, or was it just a similar droid it's a similar droid but i mean i'm guessing it's for Lom. because he I was looked, I was he like, specifically oh, cool, was rumored cool yeah and it's interesting because it's 10 years before a new hope which would be like 13 or 14 years before empire so it makes sense that maybe this is before him and zuckus are a pair Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was hoping to see both of them, but you you get to see them on the run. They're they're trying to get away, and then you have this really crazy moment where, um, throughout the show, Leia starts to show a little bit of her force uh, sensitivity with her insight into people's emotions and things. Mm-hmm. Um, like once she rips her cousin a new one, which I thought was dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool, um, actually. And then uh, she starts to see like. All she needs is to see the picture of Obi Wan on the wanted posters, and she to figure things out. I mean, it's and she had incredibly a very quick how she sense, puts it together. Yeah, of of the fact that he was very reserved or guarded. You know, she's like, I know you're hiding something, right? And from then, yeah, on, she's she, a hound she dog. yeah, her intuition is definitely beyond her what would be her natural capability. So it's definitely a force thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what's interesting is, especially in the certain point of view books, you realize. That Yoda wanted to train Leia, Yoda, and thought that Leia was the bigger, was the choice. Yeah, I think it was because, like in Episode One, when you see Luke kind of give uh, Owen the runaround, and he's like fake piloting, and you see Obi Wan almost smirk a little bit, and I was like, "Oh my God, he's thinking about Anakin," you know. He's and I think Anakin. Yoda also yeah. sees that connection to Anakin, and he doesn't want to have that. Yeah, same and and in turn around, if you remember an episode, Leia's Padme. You know. Right. In episode four, it's interesting because um, A New Hope, Owen's just trying and and Luke has graduated. He's that graduation age where he's like, I want to do something else. And Owen's trying his best. He's He realizes he's losing him and he's trying to keep him around, which after this show now is even more sad watching Owen try to be like hard on him to keep him around. But really it's because mm-hmm. he wants to protect him. And uh, but Baru says he won't stay around for long. He's got too much of his father in him. So everybody sees the Anakin mm-hmm. um, and Obi-Wan sees the Padme and Leia, which is really sweet. And uh, then you have this confrontation between the Grand Inquisitor and the fifth brother talking to Reva. And this is that moment where she's gone too far. She's kidnapped a senator's daughter. Um, it's just all this nonsense of like you've gone way beyond your pay raise, your payroll, yeah. like you're. You're beyond your pay grade. You, you shouldn't be doing that. You can't make those calls. And um, but since you went ahead and did it, uh, it reminded me of the time that I stole those M&Ms from Randall's and mom punished me. But since we had already stolen them, she went ahead and gave them to you and Sean. That's what it reminded me of was like, you would kidnap a senator's daughter. Well, since she's kidnapped and Kenobi's here, I will take the credit. <laughs> Like it was funny yeah, that basically. he was like, okay, well, we'll make it work. Um, so I thought that was cool, but no, you, no that was another a perfectly good Kenobi. 
Say it again. Yeah, no don't waste him. Yeah, he's here. So um, that was pretty cool. Then Leia realizes who Obi-Wan is to an extent, but she thinks that he's the reason she's in trouble. So she doesn't trust him. She's running from him. And uh, they run underneath that really furry, uh, the one that looks like a letter mixed between a capital A and the llama from the original Dr. Doolittle, which is clearly two people back to back in the suit. <laughs> Are you, you talking, know what I'm talking about, about that one monster from Monsters Incredible or Monsters Incorporated University? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one that looks like it just <laughs> walks from side to side, end over end, like a slinky. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they're looking for him and looking for Obi Wan and all this other stuff. They're trying to find. So it's wild because the bounty hunters are looking for Obi Wan, the Inquisitors mm-hmm. looking for Obi Wan, but the Inquisitors are in a race against their own kind because Reva is also looking for Obi Wan. And everybody wants the favor of Lord Vader. And uh, who doesn't really, honestly. And then it's interesting because um, they get to the dock and uh, Haja's telling them, OK, I'm going to try to make amends, get to the dock and we'll figure this out. Haja ends up actually being a really good dude. And mm-hmm. he does that whole, you know, tries to be the Jedi in Reva's way. You see Reva use um, the mind reading uh, force ability, just like he said, only Kylo Ren is really the only person we've seen really use that. Um, mm-hmm. She seems to be pretty. Um, obviously, that was fast. Yeah, I can't tell if it's uh, similarly similarly to a Jedi mind trick, where the weaker minded someone is, the easier it is. I wonder if it's the same thing for that, where it's like Ray is powerful in the Force, she's harder to read, but he gets what he wants out of Poe semi easily. I wonder if it's the same thing um, for. For her with Haja, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think the argument could be made either way that either a she little was bit just of both, so, probably. Yeah, just so aggressive and like he was kind of a weenie, you know. I don't think he's right. necessarily stupid, but he obviously wasn't strong enough in the force to protect his mind and then you know doing doing assault. I think it might have more to do with his pose not weak minded. You know what I mean? So I think it might have right. more to do with someone's force proclivities than uh, necessarily what. And I thought it was funny that when she slams him up against the fence, he goes, that wasn't magnets. That was the magnets. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Um, So let's talk about the Grand Inquisitor a little bit. He catches up with, um, well, before that, Reva says, uh, you're not going to die yet. I'll take you to Lord Vader. (laughs) And that gives an emotional response from Obi-Wan that she clearly feels in the forest. And she says, oh, you don't know. Yeah, that's Anakin that's Skywalker tough. is alive. And mm. uh, so in that moment, the Grand Inquisitor walks in and says, I can stand the reek of your what's the word he says? Ambition no longer. Yeah. And uh, he tells her to stand aside and he's getting ready to find Obi-Wan himself, which I'm sorry to say it, but the Grand Inquisitor would have chewed up Obi-Wan as well. Yeah, in that I moment. think at that at that state, I think even the, even the Reva could have, I think. I think maybe Obi-Wan could, because he's such a defensive fighter, I think he could have held off Reva for a little bit. He probably could have goaded her into a mistake. I don't think he would have had the Inquisitor. Um, I saw a video the other day where someone said that Grievous could beat the Grand Inquisitor, and I don't agree with that. Um, The Grand Inquisitor is the Grand Inquisitor for a reason. I'll, I'll say it like this. Okay. So we have to use like a, a method of comparisons here. Okay. Because we force. have 
we'll we'll fight off that argument for a minute because Grievous, for whatever reason in the film, seems to he has to have some level of force sensitivity because there's no way he even poses a threat to Jedi. Because we see other like even when we look at uh uh Visla when he's fighting Darth Maul. He's using uh-huh. a lightsaber, but it's child's play to Maul, honestly. Right. Um so and he's he's an accomplished fighter, you know what I mean? So anybody who's not force sensitive to a degree, um, there's just no way that I think they even po- like remotely pose a threat to a Jedi when it comes to a lightsaber battle. Sure. But we look at Grievous, and even though he's on the run most of the time with Obi-Wan, he still gives up a little bit of a fight. Right? Yeah. And so Well, we also know that he's like been known to you know, it's interesting in the book Brotherhood by Mike Chen that just came out about Anakin and Obi-Wan, it talks about Coyote Mundi still having fresh wounds from his fight with Grievous. Mm-hmm. So I don't and know if that's a, canonizing some the Tartakovsky stuff. Um, but, but we look at that comparison. My thing is, so but also should... Grievous had been – he was a cyborg, so his his brain was still his brain, but it was right. like the the reflexibility of it was – you know, immensely more, you know, quicker than what previously had to offer because it was a machine. Uh, yeah. Um, to a degree, but it's still like the responsiveness of the brain. Um, but we like, look at that. So Kenobi had a little bit of a challenge from Grievous. Kenobi yeah. bested early. What Honestly, what would have been like the best, I think maybe physical capabilities of Darth Vader in the fight on Mustafar. Because physically yeah. he just wasn't as fast or capable as he has suited Darth Vader. But we have early suited Darth Vader in the comics who goes into the Jedi archives and makes absolute mincemeat of the Grand Inquisitor. And Vader's Pretty talking quick, to yeah. the Emperor and he says, hey, this guy could have killed me. And Palpatine says, was it ever a challenge? Like, was it ever really going to happen? And Vader's like, well, no, obviously it wasn't going to kill me. You know, right, so, right. I think Vader looking so lowly upon the Grand Inquisitor and the series of comparisons to the challenge that Grievous gives Obi-Wan, I think peak Grievous may have given Grand Inquisitor a run for his money. Here, here's the difference for me. The difference for me is the Grand Inquisitor can tell what type, type of fighting style you're using in six seconds. So in six seconds of fighting... He knew who Kanan Jarrus's master was and how to beat him. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty quick. And he, and of course, in Rebels, he's defeated because it's plot armor. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, being able to tap into the dark side, having force abilities, having yeah. the the wisdom and the knowledge of knowing how exactly to, because the thing is, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that the Grand Inquisitor has the wisdom. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't think Grievous has the, um, I think that the Grand Inquisitor using the Force is too quick to switch styles to counterbalance what Grievous may use. I think Grievous knows multiple lightsaber styles as well, but I think well, yeah, well, that he's the trained Grand by Inquisitor, Duke, who was the, the right, I think the Inquisitor can, master for the Order for a long time, you know? Right, but I think the Grand Inquisitor can switch it up on him often enough and regularly enough that Grievous won't get that um, he won't get that upper hand that he's used to having. 
And we've yeah. seen m- many times that when Grievous doesn't have the upper hand pretty quickly, yeah, he I think quits. a lot of Grievous's strength is intimidation. I don't think the Grand Inquisitor would be too phased by it. Yeah. But yeah, all on versus. I, I was thinking about this earlier this week because the tale of the Jedi, tales of the Jedi trailer was leaked. I'm psyched about that, and I don't want to play it on here because I don't want our, I don't want it to fall into the bad graces of anybody down the road. Um, but uh, something that was hinted at was that there may be a mission where um, Dooku as a Jedi is on a mission with Mace Windu, and Mace Windu has to tell him to stand down because counts going a little dark on the mission a little too hard um, as, as far as his, a little and we see uh, that in, force we see lightning that in, to protect padawan qui-gon i was gonna say we see that in in jedi lost my question to you is dooku or mace windu in a fight mace windu really P- peak yeah for sure what if what if uh dooku is a sith and he gets to use lightning i think Dooku survived as long as he did because he was also clever and resourceful and knew when to duck out. Um, yeah, I, I, because here's my thing we see Dooku run from Yoda, Yoda yeah. was bested by Palpatine, and Windu bested Palpatine. So, so the question you have to answer at that point is, is if Palpatine threw the fight, but martial artistry, yeah. he was able to stave off Sheev for any amount of time. I, I think maybe, right. I think Mace at peak would have the the upper hand over Dooku because Dooku a lot of times even in Clone Wars was challenged enough that he had to duck out he just he just tucked tail and ran so yeah. you see somebody even that and powerful I think a that duelist, because I think he has flaws. especially now that Shatterpoint is Shatterpoint is canon again because of Brotherhood also by the same one by Mike Chen it's really good <laughs> um, but I would say because of Shatterpoint, Dooku, who has all these little extra little things like the curved handle and things like that that give him the step above. Against most when, people, when I Mace don't think Windu it would can see your, Windu at all. Yeah. yeah. And he sees the Shatterpoint of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the book Shatterpoint, we talked about a few weeks ago, um, he saw that Dooku was the Shatterpoint for the whole Clone Wars, but didn't kill him because he... In the moment, he knew that if he killed Dooku, it would be enough time in that split second that Jango could, would have killed him. The book, Wild. Shatterpoint, just in that first little few pages, it, that's the only time it really talks about Jango at length. But it, it gives me immense respect for how dangerous Jango was to Mace. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of talks about like um, how he, he saw it as like, a blessing or like luck or whatever that he was able to to win that fight whenever him and Django fought. Anyways, we're getting off track, but um, <laughs> so when the Grand Inquisitor is is uh, is stabbed, you're made to believe that he's dead. And mm-hmm. could the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels be a clone or some kind of dark side magic? Sure, I think personally that when the Grand Inquisitor at the end of season one of Rebels says there are fates worse than death, um. That to me, that speaks of experience and something that's worse than death, in his opinion. And I wonder if we'll see like some some dark side magic that's torturous, but it also keeps him alive or something along those lines. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I think I mean, after serving, I'm all about Sith sorcery. Grinding... There hasn't been touched on very much. I think they're right. Got the only thing we've ever seen on screen with Sith sorcery, excluding the dark magics of the Night Sisters, would have been the time that Dooku and Palpatine were doing a ritual while uh, Yoda was on Korriban, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing we've ever seen. And it's a really, really prominent part of yeah. the dark side that's in. I think you see Order some Public stuff novels. in Rebels too. There's one time in Rebels where they're in the world between worlds, and the Emperor is trying to pull. Ezra yeah. and Ahsoka through there, but it's yeah. still only we've ever only seen Palpatine do it twice, mm-hmm. very shortly in an animated style. Yeah, if I saw Sith sorcery live action, I might crap my pants. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be here for it because it's just a very out there concept that isn't given a lot of air time. And I just think that it would be, I think it would push the envelope. But after what we saw in Episode Three, I think the envelope is wide open, <laughs> and uh, and I think, man, how like disturbing but satisfying would it be to kind of because if you've read the books and things you understand like the darth bane novels where it's like okay now he needs the orbalist to protect himself but it's absolutely torturing him and killing him but he Mm -hmm. needs it to survive at this point it's like he's addicted to his drugs essentially you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it helps him in a lot of ways but it's also like the source of most of his it, like yeah. it's not that he and wasn't so, good enough to fight without them. It was that he just relied on them to be a freaking berserker, you know? Right. And so, but if you're not reading the books and the comics, you're not seeing some of that. Yeah. How crazy would it be? Because mainstream Star Wars right now is these TV shows. Mm-hmm. How freaking wild would it be if the mainstream audience saw the Grand Inquisitor being like tortured using Sith sorcery to keep him alive, to keep the hunt alive for these Jedi. And it really is the first time other than the emotional distress and the physical anguish that Anakin goes through. But you don't really, in that moment when you see Anakin being burned alive, your mind goes, wow, he lost a fight. That sucks. You don't realize Mm -hmm. unless you're really thinking about it, this is like the result of these sins that he's committed. And it's like, this is what leaning into the dark side cost him ultimately. If he had never mm-hmm. leaned into the dark side, this fight doesn't happen. Padme's probably alive somewhere. Like it would be interesting to see the direct correlation with they're keeping the Grand Inquisitor alive, but he's just in extreme anguish. I don't think they'll show it. And I think there's probably a great chance he's just in a huge blue tub of back to somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it would be so rewarding to me to see that physical embodiment of like the dark side's not worth it. Like he has yeah. free reign. He gets to do what he wants. He has more power probably than he would have had as a Jedi, but it's not worth it. Like the anguish and it would give so much more weight to that moment where he's hanging from the bridge and rebels. And it's worth it to him to just fall to his death and burn alive. Mm-hmm. than to go through that again and be submitted to that again. But I do think that the granding, I don't think they'll do a cloning thing. There's been a huge backlash from not the majority, but a decent amount of people over the Palpatine cloning and Snoke and all that stuff. So I do think that they'll just find a way that he's in stasis somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was an, an immense shock moment. I don't know about you, but when I watched that, I was with Adam. And uh, when we watched that, we were like, what the frick? And his first thing was like, when is Rebels? Like he immediately was like, trying Mm -hmm. to do the math in his head you know um what were you thinking like when did you 
you were at camp. So when did you get to finally watch episode two? And what were your thoughts when that was going down? I watched episode two during a break time because I downloaded episodes one and two when they came out and got to watch them, you know, as I had availability. Um, Okay, okay. I wasn't surprised that it happened because it's just the nature of the dark side for something like that to occur. I was surprised that the Grand Inquisitor was susceptible to an attack like that. Like I would have thought he would have been on edge or expecting something like that. So yeah, the fact that he was just so hungry in that moment, you know, right. But still, you know what I mean? You would think he would, I don't know, have some sort of awareness that something like that was about to happen, even like move out of the way a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the fact that he fell to it shocked me a little bit. The fact that it happened didn't shock me at all. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. But yeah. And so, um, going forward with that, um, she obviously has nothing to do with the inquisitors as far as like any camaraderie. She's not in on the circle. Oh yeah. You know, she's, she's it, seem, it seems like the number three it's yeah. It seems like the fourth brother and the, or the fourth sister and the fifth brother get along. Okay. The grand inquisitor, anytime he needs anything seems to kind of lean on the fifth brother and no, no one's that asking. Joke, huh? huh? I said, no love for that joke. Huh? I didn't hear what you said. Said she's looking out for number three. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. That's pretty funny. Um, so my question is, and here's what I'll say. I want to see where this is. Okay. An hour and 12 minutes. Okay. Um, I want to put a picture here on the screen to get to, I sent you this earlier, but I want the viewers to watch it too. Um, there's a picture of these posters that have been coming out you know, the day after the episode airs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're this very, like, they use the same style for everybody, similar to Book of Boba Fett had the spice or the sand kind of flowing. You have these pictures, and the posters are the the left eye of the character. Their, their left, our right, is one of the twin sons. Mm-hmm. And in the bad guy characters like the grand inquisitor, the fifth brother, Obi-Wan is the character that's in focus in that eye. Mm-hmm. But for Obi-Wan for Haja and for Reva, it's Vader in the eye. And I'm wondering if there's some way let's, let's really quick, just run with the theory that she's one of those younglings that survived for some reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Anakin saw her, reach into someone's mind or something along those lines, or maybe freaking who knows, maybe the emperor did or whatever. And she's, that's why she's been pulled into the grand inquisitors. Um, maybe, uh, or not the grand inquisitors, but the group of inquisitors. Mm-hmm. I wonder, there's a part of me that wonders if she's not full dark, but she's like by any means necessary type of dark. And yeah. if she has to kill people, if she has to, like, it's not about Obi-Wan. Who cares about him? I think, what if she's trying to get close to Vader because she wants to kill him for being the one that led the order that killed her master or her friends or whatever? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I could see kind of like a dark disciple almost, you know, tapping into whatever it takes to get the mission accomplished. I think also it might be looking into her character that not necessarily she wants to kill vader but she wants to be vader you know what i mean she's yeah yeah, yeah. she wants to be as elevated as she can 
So yeah, maybe it's that... not about being Grand Inquisitor. Maybe it's about being even above Vader himself, mm -hmm. the replacement think, or whatever. I think she's because Kenobi for her is a means to an end. She's not hunting Kenobi. She's hunting what happens after Kenobi. But for right, Vader, right? Kenobi is the end for the Inqui for the Grand Inquisitor. Kenobi is the end because that's his mission. That's what he he doesn't. He's as high as he wants to go. You know what I mean? He doesn't have any ambitions right. to raise. Yeah, he has higher. no aspirations he above. He yeah, only totally. answers to Vader. He doesn't want to be Vader. He knows he can't beat Vader. You know, and right. so, so um, he's just he's sitting pretty in his mind. Mm -hmm. But Reva's think, just ambitious enough to be stupid uh -huh. enough to try to go higher. Yeah. Interesting. And maybe it's not a surprise good guy type of thing. It's just she's so power hungry that yeah, Vader. I think, she, I think is again the, it's just is the, the seat she wants to sit in. The nature of the dark side you know you saw her kill her immediate superior because she saw an opening you know what i mean and so i think given the opportunity to do the same thing to vader obviously it would never happen but given the opportunity she would seize it no questions asked yeah yeah so uh closing out episode two obviously that crazy moment revealing she knows who anakin is which is still a huge mystery i will say this me. i have vehemently defended her knowing who he is specifically on our YouTube. Um, and people are pissed and I've been defending it saying, I'm telling you, they're going to play it out. They're going to let us know. And, uh, I guess after the whole Snoke debacle, which was he Plagueis, was he supposed to be Plagueis, but then he was a nobody, but then he was a clone and just all of that. Obviously now we have a, a, a concrete reasoning within the universe, but in mm. our world, that doesn't mean that that was the plan the whole time. It could have been switched around three or four or five different times. And now right. we have an actual concrete, whatever people do not have faith that there's a plan going forward of why she knows it's Anakin. And I'll say this, if, if they show us why she knows, or they give us a reason, I'll be okay with it. Especially if it's, you know, I don't know. Like I said, maybe she was a Padawan and found out about it at the temple or what some other way, you know, mm -hmm. Maybe she read someone's mind who knew it or whatever, especially because she has that ability. But if we go the whole season and she dies and the character has never explained why she knew who Anakin was, I think that will be a big disservice to the last 45 years of it being a really big deal knowing who Anakin was. Yeah, there has to be some connection for her to know. She said something about like, the that archives. That was a huge deal. That's what sets Tarkin aside. That's what sets Thrawn aside as these brilliant minds who can yeah. put two and two together. She's so, not on that level. I just, I, there has to be, I can't imagine that they just leave it. They're like, yep, she figured it out. You know what I mean? Cause right. For, right. And for Cause the grand Tarkin, inquisitor doesn't know. Grand inquisitor doesn't know. Tarkin figured it out because he's Tarkin. Thrawn only figured it out because he knew who Anakin was. Um, right. I just, I don't know. I don't know how she knows it. And I don't know how she's still alive having figured it out because she's right. not nearly as useful as Thrawn or Tarkin. No. And I think that either she's not, not one of a kind either. Like Thrawn's one of a kind. Tarkin's one of a kind. Yeah. Palpatine and Vader both know they're not getting replaced. Sister. Yeah. And what's interesting is she's, um, you know, I, I was saying this earlier or, uh, on the, on the, uh, the short I made, I think she's either going to use it to try to blackmail him in a sense, like everybody's going to know, stupid, or she's going to use stupid. it to be, you know, or she's going to say, Hey, you can trust me. I know your deepest, darkest secret. 
and stupid, either one stupid, of those stupid. is a terrible choice. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Either one of those is suicide, um, buddy. So Fitting obviously like, we've, oh, yeah. we've talked about our <laughs> overall thoughts. We've kind of, you know, we've kind of put those out there. You said this one's a nine for you. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm They're all nine. Episode three and 9.5. Honestly, I, I really liked episode three. Ooh. No, no, we're There's in two. We're in two it. still. Yeah, I know. I said all of them were nine. I said earlier, oh, okay. this one will probably okay. stay nine for me. I might elevate episode three. Okay. So standout moment for you, Grand Inquisitor being gutted, the Reva moment. I think the standout moment for me would definitely either be seeing how hard Obi-Wan had to struggle to connect with the Force at all. Yeah, it's a big deal. seeing that time when it's revealed to Kenobi that Anakin's still alive, both in the way that it hits Obi-Wan so hard and in the way yeah. that Reva knows something she absolutely should not know. Yeah, that's the moment for me because it's the panic in him Mm-hmm. There's a I mean, panic he's, there. He's, he's shell shocked. You know, yeah. Leia's trying to and get through to him, and the, he's not connected. You know, the Vader's his job description is loose enough that the panic sets in when you realize if he finds out that his kids are out there, mm-hmm. he's gonna not stop until he finds them. The Emperor has so many other things going on. You might live out your days on Tatooine cutting up random whale fish in the desert and feeding your Eopi and crapping in the sand and covering it up with other sand and sleeping on a bunk bed in your sand castle hole in the ground, talking to your Jawa friend. You could just live out your days. If Anakin Skywalker finds out his kids are alive, he will not stop until he finds them. We found that out through comics and stories and books and movies. Yeah. I, I, I think the other part of it too, is the devastation we see in Yoda when he fails to kill Palpatine. He exiles himself. You know what I mean? That's like, yeah, that's ultimate devastation. And so now we have Obi-Wan who thinks he carried out his mission successfully. And not only did he fail to kill the person he was supposed to kill, which was exile worthy behavior for Yoda, Uh but it's someone who is his best friend. So there's the devastation of failure. And then the mixed emotions of having this love hate relationship, like literally love, literally hate relationship Mm -hmm. with this person who was his unquestionably closest friend unquestionably like you know son brother figure in his life that he had the task of killing and so he thinks he he's struggling with it still he's still having nightmares and then he Mm -hmm. thinks he's it's not even nightmares anymore it's reality again you know what i mean yeah that that it's not as behind him as he thought and it still wasn't even that far behind him there's just so and much. And that's the crazy part him. is Bale says, look, we all failed. Who cares? Yeah. You know what's weird to me? Don't you think Bale Organa would know about Darth Vader? You would think so, but I think Vader was still quiet enough. Like by the time we get to a new hope, Vader, like people know who Vader is. Um, I think 10 years into it, I think it's he might still be not prominent enough for Bale to mm. know who it is. Yeah, I, yeah, it makes sense because the Senate is still in play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he would be a, a known henchman, but by Empire Strikes Back, when it's been gone for three or four years, mm-hmm. he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But it is interesting. You would think Bale would be like, hey, I thought you killed Anakin. Because yeah. he, he would know who Vader was, I would assume. I would think so. I don't know. It's never really clearly shown how blatant yoda and obi-wan are with 
uh, bail and the whole, you know, round table meeting about what are we going to do with the kids? Right. I don't know. Okay. So, um, new characters, Haja's one, uh, mm-hmm. he was a pretty interesting character, kind of silly, but did play a bigger role. Um, dinosaur bounty hunter was a cool one. Um, <laughs> but not significant. Um, who else shows up in this episode? Um, um, nobody really that it's, it's, it's a very much a continuation of the last story. Yeah. I wouldn't say there are longstanding new introductions. I don't think we'll see Haja again. Um, right. I don't think we'll see flea again. I think he's done. So, um, well, he's dead. Remember yeah, the Grand saying, Inquisitor like, kill, killed him? His That story arc of like the bounty hunters. I don't, I don't, and he might have just tortured him. I don't know that it, it never actually showed. Like, uh, he definitely Tori, pushed him into she, a blender lightsaber. When Tor, Tori watches his movie, she's like, no body, no death. She's like, if I don't see the actual dead body, the character's not dead. So I was like, oh, he didn't see the body. Samuel L. Jackson agrees. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think we got any introductions of people that would be like, oh, this guy again. You know what I mean? I think everybody right. that might make a resurgence only comes up in episode three. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so moving into episode three, uh, we got a lot, a lot, a lot uh, of stuff going on. It's pretty wild. It's pretty um, wild. And so we start with the remembering it's right there. Obi-Wan is in his uh, state of, um, you know, he's meditating. He's still seeking Qui-Gon. He's still asking Qui-Gon. Yeah. You know, he's it's back. Sad, he's coming. You hear all me. of the flashbacks. But the do flashbacks you agree with me? kill me. He sees that person in the desert. Do you agree that he thinks yeah, he sees Anakin. Qui-Gon? I was thinking Qui-Gon. No, it's, that's Anakin. I didn't get a good enough look to make an argument, but he's like seeking If you pause after, it and look at it, the the person doesn't it? have any facial hair or anything like that. Okay. Never I think he's just that. being haunted, you know? Yeah. Well, that also makes sense why he's like, hey, we got to be careful. Stay close to me. Yeah. Um, and there's that the same. Because um, he wouldn't know what Vader looked like either. He hadn't seen the suit. So his right. mental image would have been Anakin. That makes right. sense. And, the, and you kind of hear the doom of like time kind of slowing down and him being like, whoa, what's going on? It's that same moment that he has in the shed. Um, mm-hmm. So he's seeking Qui-Gon. And then after he seeks him um, at the end of episode two, it seems like it's the first time and you can't we can't prove this. We don't know this. There hasn't been a novelization or a big talk about it. Um, I wonder in the gallery if we'll if we'll hear about this. But there's a moment where. At the end of episode two, you hear Obi Wan go, Anakin. Mm-hmm. And that's when you hear the mm-hmm. and Vader's eyes open. I think that's him reaching out for the first time. To me, it kind of feels like that. Um so and maybe it's not, you know, but um there's a moment in that same time where it's like uh he's meditating, he's thinking, you're hearing all of the flashbacks of the warnings and the the love and the hate and the the pain that he's gone through. And then he opens up his eyes and he's like, he's coming master talking about, you mm-hmm. know, to Qui-Gon. <clears throat> and then you have the moment where you see, this is the most we've ever seen Vader have the suit coming on. 
Um, yeah, we get to see the whole Doc Ock kind of back hose it, operation. Yeah, it looks like the, it looks like his suit is like screwed into his frame in a sense mm-hmm. from the back. You know. Yeah, I mean, even that light panel on his chest, it's going into freaking Matrix like portholes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not in my mind. I guess I thought that he was just really injured and he just in put on his suit. clothes, but mm-hmm. it's like he's encased, you know, yeah. which makes a lot of sense because we've always heard about the suit being extremely painful and uncomfortable. And that's part mm-hmm. of his life at this point. Um, the suits a colostomy bag, man. Yeah, it sucks. And, uh, and he's, and you see Hayden, the mask is right here, dude. And you see the mask come down over Hayden. Um, get that sound effect from episode three. Yeah. Can we talk about the- how freck is that guy from scrubs? Yeah. That's hilarious what's that guy's, to me. What's his real name? Uh, Zach Braff. Zach Gra- Braff or Graff? W- with a B, yeah. Yeah. That was really funny. Um, yeah. The Freck was a cool character. Looked gross. He's a, I think he's more left as Star Wars or Star Nose Mole. Yeah. Definitely looks like mm-hmm. a mole. Darth Mole. <laughs> more? <laughs> more? Um, so the arrival on Mapuzo, um, Freck is there. You get some cool stormtrooper fighting action. It's ironic that would, Obi-Wan would who hates blasters. Yeah, I know. Only using a blaster. And then I also think about when he was undercover in the box, right? And he was aces with that blaster. Could not miss. Mm-hmm. And then you see him in these blaster shootouts and he's missing. I'm like, man, he's not Obi-Wan as we know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he's getting like the job done, but it's not, he's not an ace. He doesn't miss. And so seeing him actually fight with competence against the stormtroopers, I'm like, all right, we're kind of getting there a little bit. Like the wheels we're cooking are turning. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's taking less. Yeah, the hits. rust he's is coming off this time. Um, I thought it was really sad whenever you have that moment, they're in the back of Frex truck and he calls. Uh, so Luma's her, her code name, you know, Leia's mm-hmm. hiding. And he calls her Leia. He's like, they know where they're going, Leia. And um, the stormtrooper's like, you called her Leia. And then he looked at her and he said, that was her mother's name. I get confused sometimes. When I look at her, I think about her mother. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was watching it with Macy. And Macy was like, oh. Like, it was just so (laughs) sad. Like, frick, dude. Like, man, it just is really sad. And um you get you finally get to the gate. The gate fight was cool. I love dude. What was that your what was your thought whenever half by the freaking gate? That yeah, was so sick. sick. Nasty. Um, so that was dope. You finally get into town. You have this Imperial that's undercover who's who's hiding and like mm-hmm. basically smuggling Jedi through, you know, yeah, an underground, underground railroad. railroad. Let's talk about how you never responded to my text. They confirmed that Quinlan boss is alive. Yeah, it hadn't been like it'd been confirmed through like speculation and chain codes and stuff, but verbally on screen, Quinlan Voss is alive. That's so yeah. freaking. It had been that's confirmed massive to me in the comics when the Va- when Vader and the Grand Inquisitor first start working together. There's mm-hmm. a list of Jedi Masters that they're specifically looking for, and right. Yoda's name is but there, Obi Wan's name is there, know, and Quinlan Voss's name is there. Arubesh, and so it's like. It's confirmed, but it's not confirmed, confirmed. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like speculatory or speculative. And what do you mean? But like to hear, well, I mean, it's like, 
it's confirmed in the way that like between then and now we don't actually know if he's still alive you know what i mean yeah 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 like there's just there's a lot of question marks so we know to this point he's yeah still we alive, knew which... we knew before that he had survived 66 because of the comics right. but right. this could be years but after this that. tells me that there's even the smallest chance that like my second or third favorite jedi gets to get featured in the show about my number one favorite jedi so this is Dude. big for me it's this big for you. It's big for me. Whenever he goes up to the wall and he says, oh, Quinlan was here. And uh, the lady that Tala, I think her name is, uh, mm -hmm. says, yeah, he, he works for me from time to time. Getting yeah, younglings that's super through. sick. Because that's Quinlan, and, man. He's just, and that's the thing, yeah. And I love that he him, said, man. only when your eyes are closed can you see the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that means just like, just chill. Just remove the distractions, like trust in the Force. And in Legends... Quinlan and another Jedi escaped Order 66 together by the name of Kakrook. So it it's exponentially harder for me to imagine seeing him on, on screen. I don't That'd even know sick. how much ape crap, ape crap I will go if <laughs> Quinlan and Kakrook are on screen. I don't even know yeah. what I'll do. I don't know. I think there's the possibility, though, man, and that's what matters. To that's me. what matters, and they're going to go to Jabim, never, which is in you've never the seen, Clone Wars. You've never seen live action Quinlan with lines. You know, you see no, him in the no, background no. in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, he he was someone that was you know he was a nobody. He was an extra that they made a character because of comics. Yeah, and so I'm like, this would be huge for me as an individual. Oh, it's it's incredibly important. And uh, and there's other characters that are lesser known that's names were on the wall as well, um, which is really interesting. I would like to say I do think that one of the reasons that um, one of the reasons that I think that Reva was a Jedi before she was just found, like you were saying, mm -hmm. is in the moment where she the Vader's revealed he's coming down the street. Um, this is the most savage Vader we've ever seen. The brutalizing of a father. The son comes out to help his dad. He throws the son to the ground with the force I, and snaps yeah, his I neck. I thought that was the end of it that he breaks his neck. And I was like, he he got, I was watching it with Tori. That was the one I actually got to watch on a TV instead of just my stupid freaking phone. And he right. throws him up against the wall. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, that was brutal. And then he snaps his neck. And I was like, oh my God. You know, it was very dark. And it, it was, it was, it was know, the most me, villainy we've ever seen him live action. Yeah, because in Rogue One, you know, if you argue no, Rogue One is more violent, more violent, yes. This but was it's like a, wartime. It's, those were people active, active those opponents. Were enemies. He's just, he's just blasting it's civilians, different. man. It's he's different. them this, flounced. He's, you know what I mean. <laughs> he's, it's he's just different when up. it's it's World War Two. And there's clear lines and it's America, it's Germany, it's Japan. It's there's clear lines there. It's, it's different the Empire, when it's, it's all the run. Yeah. It's different when you are in Vietnam and it's villages and like yeah. some of the darkest moments in our country's history, especially in wartime. Saber tooth, man. It's wild, it's dude. Up it's civilians. like, 
yeah, it's whatever it takes. And it's just, and it's not even because they're sympathizers. They have no freaking clue what's going on. It's yeah, because it's he wants to get an emotional rise out of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, it's it's pulling on that relationship that he has. He's like, this will piss off Obi-Wan. And yeah. he just does it. And so after that's happening and Vader's chasing down Obi-Wan, there's a moment that to me symbolizes that Reva was for sure part of the Jedi Order because when she goes to the safe house, you see the Jedi symbol scratched into the wall. Mm -hmm. And when also Caleb Doom's name is on the wall in there, which is pretty cool. I didn't go through um, the trouble of looking up uh, the translations. Yeah, so it's interesting. You see the Jedi symbol written on the wall with the saber with the wings on either side. Mm -hmm. And Reva turns and she just smacks a whole like shelf full of stuff and screams. And I think to me, that's like, that wasn't a, oh man, the Jedi were here. I think it's, she's reliving that pain of what 66 was. It's a, it's, there's a, there's connection points there. There's a moment also, remember when she's talking to Vader and she tries to frame Obi-Wan for the Grand Inquisitor, which that was a really cool line from Vader where she's like, Obi-Wan will pay for the Grand Inquisitor. And Vader cuts her off and goes, the Grand Inquisitor is nothing. Yeah. All that matters now is Kenobi. Um, but when she goes to talk to the fifth brother, there's a weird moment where the fifth brother is pissed off that she talks to Vader one-on-one. -on -one, and then when she says to send the probes, the Inquisitor fifth brother says, um, you will get what you will deserve. You deserve and so will I. Like, basically, I deserve to be in that Grand Inquisitor's chair if he doesn't make it or whatever. And he leaves the scene and under her breath, Reva says, I hope so. And it's a weird, I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that she's gunning for Vader and whether it's for his job or whether it's for revenge, I feel like she's, she's got her own motives that are outside of what the other inquisitors are trying to do. Yeah. I, I mean, I and can that's see... why I think there's the Jedi, there's the Jedi connection there. Cause Clearly, it's a very clearly painted reaction to she sees the Jedi symbol on the wall and she freaks the freak out and smacks all that stuff around before she starts to chase after Leia. Yeah, I could see. I mean, I can like in in the math homework analogy, like I can check your work and see how you arrived at the answer you've arrived at um, in the scene with the third brother or a fifth brother. For me, it's more like she's saying like basically the same answer from the different perspective. Like he's like, you're going to get what you deserve and I'm going to get what I want, you know? And she's like, Oh yeah, me too. I hope so. Like saying that she deserves to have the grand, uh -huh. grand inquisitor spot. I, I think maybe the way I felt uh, watching her in the safe house room was her seeing how close she was and seeing that like she almost had Kenobi and yet at the same time, like now she's having to stand down and Vader's got Kenobi, like instead of her getting the credit for it, like she was this close, she could taste it. And it would have been, you know, her grace that got, you know, Kenobi under Vader's thumb. And really it was like, now Vader's going to close in on Kenobi, hmm. you know, like she was this close and now it's out of reach. So I can see where you're at. I can also see like different solutions to the problem, but either way, she's very close to the, the heart of the issue. Yeah. And uh, they're definitely, they're definitely giving us little glimpses of something that we don't know yet for sure. Yeah. I, th I think there's a lot. I think she's definitely an unknown at this point, but I, I don't want to go as far as to say that I've figured it out. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. I'm really interested. 
I, as much as people have been kind of ragging on the character, it definitely is something that's on my mind that I'm wondering, like, even, even when the acting felt weird or clunky in part one, part two, it got better. Part three, it got better. And at this point we're halfway through the season and I'm really freaking curious what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, Can we talk about Vader versus Kenobi? Oh yeah. That's the, that's the biggest thing. So that's the overall, I mean, overall thoughts. We've said that rating one through 10, you said nine and a half. I'll match you nine and a half. It was fantastic. I loved it. I've watched it four times since yesterday. <laughs> um, and so standout we care, new characters, Quinlan Voss, uh, Quinlan Tala. Voss by name. Uh, yeah. Tall on the flesh. Freck. I think Freck's, you know, obviously he's a one off. Yeah. Freck's um, a pretty interesting character though. I liked his character. I enjoyed his character. Um, and then the standout Vader moment has to be Vader versus Kenobi. So talk to me about it. Well, you never, you don't see Kenobi run. He doesn't do it. And you see him genuinely afraid and you see Vader toying with him saying the years have made you weak, you know, just punking him the whole time. Vader's very in command of the situation to the point where it's he's so sad when Obi-Wan says, what have you become? And Vader what is, you I'm me. what you made me. Oh, and Vader's just, just toying with him the whole time. And you can see that, mm. you know, Obi-Wan's still in mourning and Vader via the way of the dark side is still bitter and angry and resentful. Yeah. Um, and obviously not taking, you know, accountability for, you know, his part of it. It's all Kenobi's fault. Yeah. It's Kenobi's you know, Vader, fault. Kenobi turned, you know, Padme against Vader, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And right. to the point where he's saying, now you'll suffer. And he literally mm. rakes him over the coals. And I was like, oh, my God. Dude, for, the, that for a minute, was... I was outside of the Star Wars universe where it's like, oh, yeah, back to take care, take care of that. And I was like, oh, my God, he's a burn victim. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, No, I, was... I, I literally, like you were saying, it was so intense that I forgot I was, that Obi-Wan obviously has nervous. to survive. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to burn him to death right I was here. in the situation. Like, I was I didn't legitimately have the... worried for our, for the life of Kenobi, even though we know he has to survive. Yeah, I didn't have, like, the mental continuity of, like, he's going to be fine. Like, there was no relaxation or assurance for me that, you know, we see Kenobi, obviously, in later shows and films. It was all in the back of my mind. I was like, if he sees Vader, he is screwed six ways from Sunday. Like, there's no way he's right. getting out of this. And we saw that in the dynamic. Vader is absolutely toying with them the entire mm. time. It's so freaking sad, dude. So I need to see Kenobi make a comeback. I need it. Right. So let me ask you this. That's obviously both of our standout moment. Um, so this is the part where we've skipped over this for the first two because we've seen episode three. But you've rated it. You've told us what you thought. So what is what is next? What do you want to see? What do you assume? We're already He's, halfway through this season. Mm -hmm. I'll be surprised if we get any inkling of Qui-Gon before episode five at the earliest, maybe episode six, because that feels like a finale revealer that they've been building up to the entire season. Um We've got to see Kenobi make a connection with the Force because he's gotten the idea that, hey, this is bigger than me. I'm not who I need to be to accomplish what I need to accomplish. And now Leia's not in the hands 
of bounty hunters, she's in the hands of an inquisitor. So she's not just in the hands of, of an auxiliary force that's like near the empire. She's very much in the depths of the empire itself. And so yeah. he's going to need to. She's in the most more... danger she's been in ever. Yeah, since the beginning of the show. And so he needs to be more than who he is right now to do what he needs to do. I think he's too invested in the life of later. Just be like, well, I tried like yeah. he's more Kenobi and, now than we've seen him. And I think yeah. he's, I think we're going to see him dig in some more to be who he needs to be so that he can do what he needs to do. And you know what? I think because he needs to go to that place, I think it's, uh, I think that Obi-Wan right now, it's in that place of that picture that you see at all the Christian bookstores where it says, <laughs> I saw the path and there were two sets of steps and then there was only one. Oh, and the yeah. Lord replied, that's when I carried you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think he's in his lowest low right now. He's in the mm-hmm. he's in the lowest he could have been since Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we're going to see Qui-Gon next episode. You think next episode? I think I best scheduled, case scenario. I scheduled a summer start party for youth next Wednesday so that I don't have to think about anything except for just having a party because I think we're going to see Qui-Gon and I don't think I'm going to be able to focus. I think best case scenario, we see him communicate via the force with Yoda. I Because they've made it such a big thing yeah. about wanting to get in touch with Qui-Gon and now the, I know. there's the I just have a gut feeling, dude. Now that there's the rumor that there's going to be a second season, I'll be yeah, that's very, true. That's a that's, very a, that's a game changer to yeah. see Qui Gon before Episode Five at the earliest. So let's say this: if we don't see Qui Gon, it'll be a welcome has... surprise. Don't get me wrong. Sure, but sure, it'll be a surprise. But he is going to need some kind of help. He needs some milk. So he's got, got Tala. I wouldn't. I would actually be less surprised to see Quinlan Boss. Uh, reprise his role i was gonna say he's he's already in those mitts you know what i mean yeah and he's the padawan that was next to obi-wan that was always kind of pushing obi-wan's buttons yeah but they but they there's already work so good together and i think that connection with quinlan would be the physical connection the mental Mm -hmm. connection the personal connection that quinlan would be able to speak to kenobi not just as the probably padawan would be like you were once a great jedi but like Mm -hmm. quinlan would be like this isn't you. You know what I mean? Quinlan would be yeah, able he to can, speak to. Yeah, it's you don't know about the guy. You know the guy. He knows the guy. And Quinlan would be the person who ran but also then got back in the fight. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. he would be able to pull Kenobi back in the fight. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think I think uh, we either see Qui-Gon's Force Ghost or we see Quinlan Voss next episode. Either one of well, which... I don't think we'll ever see Qui-Gon's Force Ghost. I think we'll hear his voice. You think we'll just... Um, because his training was incomplete via the the Clone Wars. He wasn't able to take on a physical form. Um, and I don't mean I don't know if that means that he couldn't do it yet or he couldn't do it ever. Um, but I know that... No, no, no. He, he for sure can take a physical form at some point because he takes physical form in the Master and Apprentice short story. Does he take... Is it it talks about there's a pain because he is leaving the cosmic force to become a part of the physical world again, but he takes solace in the fact that it'll only be a, only be a moment. 
and it talks about how his um if you go back and it's just like 15 minutes go re-listen to it tonight and it talks about um he's a skeleton and then flesh goes over bone and then hair and cloth and it Mm -hmm. talks about basically he's he's stepping out of the cosmic force because when he's in the cosmic force he's a part of everything and everything's a part of him and the hardest part mentally is to separate yourself from the cosmic force to become qui-gon he has to remember his whole identity and Mm -hmm. then the physical uh oomph that it takes and the almost pain being separated it's kind of like whenever someone says like if you guys ever went to heaven you wouldn't want to come back it's that same thing like he doesn't want but obi-wan needs him yeah and so he steps away and so there's he definitely can take a physical form at some point okay well we might see it anyway my computer's about to die so we gotta wrap this bad boy up so you think next episode – so let me ask you this. Where do you see the season going? How are they going to get – do you think he's got to – so Leia's going to be taken to the Inquisitor's castle, and he's going to mm-hmm. have to go there to get her back is my guess. Yeah. And so Maybe. that may open the door. If that is the case, right, that may open the door for another Jedi who's been to the Inquisitor's castle before to help him. So it could yeah. be – we may not see Qu- we may never see Quinlan in the physical, but we may see Calcastus because yeah. Jabim, which is the place they're taking him to when Tala picks him up, they talk about the path. There's a certain almost almost like a um uh almost like a what do you call it? Frick, dude, I'm I'm having a brain fart here. What do you is it a uh a celestial body that like makes of a picture? What do you call that? I don't know if I'm smelling what you're stepping in, man. Like the the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, what are those called? Constellations. Constellations. It's almost like a connect the dots constellation type thing where it seems like the path has a specific route that they take to get Jedi out. And so hmm. I wonder if Calcastus is on that next stop. Yeah. But it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Definitely. Are you so when are you so now that you're back away from being out of self-service and stuff, what is what does the world look like for you? Are you waking up early and watching them before work? Or how's that work? Oh I don't go to work till noon on Wednesdays, so Okay. So you wake up, have some brekkies and watch Obi Wan. Yep. Probably Fantastic. probably Obi Wan then Brekkies. Okay. Priorities. So our hopes are either Calcastus or Qui Gon or Quinlan Voss for part four. The stakes are high. I can see next week being a little bit of a letdown because of how high stakes and how high energy the end of episode three was just to be completely blunt and honest. I think there's a lot they've got to do. So I wouldn't surprise me if it's high energy for the rest of the series. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Well, we'll let you guys run. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget if you enjoyed this, please like this video on YouTube, send it to your friends and family, all that kind of cool stuff. Follow us everywhere. Don't forget, the Force will be with you always. And remember, the only family you have here is me. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.